Hi, and welcome to Play the Ink. Today on the show, we have composer Jean An and pianist Ting Luo. Jean An is the director of Ensemble Ari and a lecturer at UC Berkeley. She is also the music director for Shim Studio, teaching music for special needs students. She completed her Bachelor of Arts and Master of Music at Seoul National University and her PhD at UC Berkeley, where her teachers included Edmund Campion, Cindy Cox, David Wessel, Jorge Liederman, and Richard Felciano. Next, we have Ting Luo. Ting Luo has curated and served as executive and artistic director for the multimedia music and art project, New Arts Collaboration, collaborating with artists from composers to visual artists, creating and performing multimedia new piano works. Ting Luo obtained the Master of Music degree on solo piano performance from the Thornton School of Music at the University of Southern California. Throughout her piano career, she received instructions from legendary pianists such as Daniel Pollock, Roger Woodward, and Peter Takas. All right, thank you two for both being on the podcast, uh, Play the Ink. And so today we have composer Jean An, and then we have Ting Luo, who is a pianist and a composer as well. And just we're going to be talking about uh, their music and their collaboration and things like that. So the first uh, question I always ask everybody on this for each of you individually is uh, kind of what was, how did you get started in music and what's your journey? And then uh, we can talk about like what made you start composing since you both uh, compose and I believe both play piano as well, but you can correct me on that. So uh, we can go with Ting first. Um, so how did you get started in music? My family is a musician family, and I, my grandfather's a composer, and he composed mainly for classical music, and he's um, has like a professor like positions in the uh, in the like music conservatory in my hometown, and my grandma is also like singing like classical singing, and then so it's like a lot of like family members um are doing classical music like um like including like cello and also composition for other family members, so it's just natural for me to starting learning uh piano in a young age, and then after a few years uh I think. Um, yeah, it's just like, uh, it, it just feels natural for me to getting into a professional study. So I started like in front junior high school, I started to like, um, um, it's like a similar to a affiliate of a music conservatory. So I start piano performance major there and then high school is, it's always piano major. And then I enter, a um, that's a Xinghai conservatory in Guangzhou, China for my undergrad. And then I'm, and then I had my graduate study in, the, um, uh, Los Angeles, uh, with, uh, Daniel Pollack for a piano performance major. So that's how I, um, how I how I have my like piano career, and then for composition, I started um, maybe this one or two years. Um, maybe it's I always want to I always do some like improvisation and but I I I haven't like before I haven't really like write down notes and really started to really imagine the whole piece. Um, so. Maybe it's related to pandemic, like we have more time at home. So I just started to kind of explore and started to learn those softwares, started to like listen and try to really put everything together. 
Nice. Yeah. And I, from reading your website, I see that you, you know, have composition, improvisation, and then uh, interdisciplinary. So can you go into what kind of interdisciplinary things that you work on and how did you get into that? What inspired you to become uh, interested in that? Yeah. Um, so my project and a senior arts collaboration is also for interdisciplinary um, arts and with like music and visual arts and so on. So myself, in terms of my composition, uh, I like to I like to kind of expand um, beyond the acoustic piano. Like I'm interested in extended technique, piano technique. I'm interested in like bringing like electronic music and also like film recordings into my piano music, kind of having a background or a kind of a, it feels like a in that in that atmosphere or something. So that's what I'm interested. Um, I still like to keep that kind of acoustic uh, components there, but I like to kind of mixing things. Um, in my pieces. Gotcha. So you're not just writing for um, Moog synthesizer or uh, Rhodes piano or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, so we can we can talk about maybe some more composition stuff later, but we can go to Gene and say um, what got you started in music. Kind of the same questions and uh, see what you have to say. So my mother was a piano teacher, so I started with piano first, and I just hated reading music. So I started like just memorizing and improvising instead of diligently reading the music, and that was how it started. So probably I was like age five or four. Ever since then, I just wanted to be a composer and never had any other thought. So my path was very long and like, yes, soul composition, like that was my only goal throughout my life. Gotcha. So you never said, oh, I'll play piano as well. It was kind of just like a, just all the way. Yeah, the piano, yeah, piano was just uh, like a, my pathway to my composition. I do accompany people and I, I would play at a concert, but not like mm. a concert pianist. It was my means to compose. Great. And so where did you study as well, just for people and myself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I grew up in Korea. So I studied in Korea. I went to uh, a music high school and then I went to Seoul National University for undergrad and master's. And then I came to UC Berkeley for the doctorates and I started, I just happened to stay here in the Bay Area. Great. And who were, who were your teachers at UC Berkeley? Oh, UC Berkeley, I, uh, the mentors that I had, we used to, we, we rotate and we teach, we learn from all the teachers, but mostly it was Edmund Campion. Oh, I know him. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think, I think I actually did, mm-hmm. trying to think I did an interview with him in Montreal. He came and hung oh, out. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's I went to McGill University, so. Oh, you did? Yeah, so I was at I the did a Kurt, summer Kermit. English program at McGill. Oh, cool! Yeah, what year? I, that's interesting. What long, years? I'm just wondering. Long time ago, like prehistoric, like two, like not even 2019 something. Oh, okay. Yeah. 1999 or something like that. Yeah. I get you. So yeah, <laughs> two, 2011 to 2016. I lived there full time. So cool. Well, that's very nice. That's a good good name. Yeah. So cool. So that makes sense too. So you're working with electronics because I'm pretty sure that Edmund does. Is right, that true? Right, so right. Yeah. He's like my guru. Like if you ask who's your, who inspired you to do anything, like it's Edmund Campion. Yeah. Cool. Very nice. Interesting. 
Who are some of your influences in electronic music? Like for myself, I can I can think about like classical composition, who I think of electronic music that really influenced me. Um, or then I can think of popular music, electronic music that did that. But if you could say like the top, I don't know, three composers or artists, it could be pop music as well, that really influenced you, what would you say? And we could start with Ting. I feel... Yeah, in terms of electronic music, I think that's uh, everywhere, like pop music using kind of electronic music and also like um, some people are doing like uh, acoustic electronics music and they're playing like synthesizer. And also, um, I also would think about, uh, let me, yeah, it's just like uh, so many various ways to do electronic music. And then... Um, in terms of how I got into like having the um, like the piano project with electronic music, that idea is um, I heard uh, I listened to a, re- a few recordings by Christopher uh, Serone, and he's also a collaborator in the project, and he's doing some very interesting, um, very interesting music with like kind of sounds minimalism and classical too, and with electronics use there which is very interesting so I'm kind of um and I don't feel like I'm deeply influenced by anyone but uh in terms of like my pieces I feel it's not a strict new music too it's kind of somewhere around uh somewhere around like few music new age music or minimalism that kind of mix and then so that's how I how I think about like the influences. It's it's just like uh, when I, I guess it's like when people grow up, it just you you just listen to all the music that's happening in your life and um you will actively to search some music like where I listen to Christopher Serene and you also like came into a cafe or came into a like a restaurant and you listen to those music that they're playing. So those are kind of like um conscious influence and unconscious influences i guess no that definitely makes sense and i think that's interesting just to say i there's been times where i was like there's bands that i really was like into or, or whatever music and i'm like you know that they and then i find out the originator of the sound like 40 years ago and then you're like oh and then you can kind of see how it trickled out so i, I see what you mean sometimes it's just the sound and you don't know exactly who is the originator of it but you're like there's some sort of style and i don't know where it came from but i'm just influenced by it like you said so cool so gene who would you say um were for electronic i guess yeah yeah for electronic music or music in general as i said uh definitely a lot from edmund campion and it's um i i love his music but i also love his the way of his thinking and the way he researched and the way he access and st- get into the music get into the sound I think that is the most striking thing for me. Like when we start a project, like go find find a different kind of sound. Like, so just bring out the material and like we start talking about that or like it can really just go to a different direction. But he showed me a way that music is not just about, because I, I started composition so early that whenever I think about either electronic music or whatever, it like the first thing that comes up to my mind was like melody and rhythm, like the very traditional thoughts. Like, yeah, like that's how, it, since I was doing it so long that I had these fixed mind, but I think he really um, 
helped me venture out into a new new area, like start in a different place and start with research and start with just finding. And I think that was a big influence to me. And uh, honestly, like, <laughs> so uh, I studied at UC Berkeley and UC Berkeley has a great program in electronic music. It's called SINMAT, Center for New Music and Technology. And they do like the wildest thing. So if I bring my music there, like they wouldn't even call it electronic music, you know, like it's just, they're so out there and they're just so crazy. Like I'm the most uncrazy person, like I'm the most like normal person there. Yeah. So in a way it's very intimidating sometimes, like what am I doing? Like I'm asking questions, but I think it just opened my mind and uh, just, I had great access to different kind of sound. And now I'm at a stage that it's been such a long time since, I mean, I'm still teaching at Berkeley, but I'm not a student anymore. It's been such a long time. I think I'm more confident without thinking about those baggage about all the esoteric or the most like high tech things going on. Like, I think I am now more comfortable building my own language, um, either it's electronics or not. Like it's, I, I feel more free to do that. I know what you mean. Sometimes like if you, I have this thing, I'm a computer programmer. So I know when I use Max MSP, it ends up being an exercise in what I can do in Max <laughs> rather than, than the music. So I think it's good that you keep it to the music. It only use it for what you need <laughs> for sure. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Ting, so what are some of your main influences, I guess, in piano? If we can talk about, we were just talking about composition, I guess, a lot, but maybe from a performance, who are some of your influences in piano or like, who are some people that you've looked up to and said, you know, that's, I want to play piano like this person. Good question. So for me, I feel like um, since I get my um, like foundation uh, piano training back in China, so um the uh, the piano training there is it's kind of technical heavy like like people care about like um like how fast you play and how difficult the pieces you play so um that's kind of how i started i piano training and later i i started to like learn other pieces um then like beethoven mozart i started to learn like impressionism and i enjoyed that a lot like uh reveal that beauty and they use different techniques to like approach like playing the piano sometimes it doesn't have to be like a really like raising up the fingers that kind of technique so it's really like open my um like open my mind to having um kind of think about differently think about the sound that like I can, I can make in the on the piano rather than rather than those like technical stuff, and I really like for for pianists, I really like Horowitz, and I think uh, he's also an kind of example of like a, it doesn't really matter like what kind of technique you're using, it's like about what kind of sound that you like to have and how to generate uh, generate those sound on the piano, so it's like um it's kind of giving me a different goal. Like when I, when I grew up as like a studying the piano. I was just thinking that, as you said, Horitz or, or technique, because even though I think one of my favorite, I'm not a pianist, but Glenn Gold, but that's because, I mean, his technique was kind of goofy, but man, he was really accurate. And he made the, the piano say things that I was like, wow, like hearing him play Webern is like, that's what Webern should sound like. That's amazing. You know? So that's cool that you said there's people like that, where it's not just um, what can you make the piano do, not just how fast can you play on it. <laughs> yeah. 
So now we can start talking about um, how you all have worked together, because um, I believe you have. <laughs> That's why you're on. Um, and so maybe we can just talk about maybe some notable projects that you uh, both have worked together on. And then I think maybe we'll play a couple of them um, and then we can talk about them as well. Yeah, sure. So Jing and I had a, a collaboration and it started. we started the idea, I believe, back in 2020. And we bring in um, a video artist, Zhou Hao. And so it's kind of three people teamwork to create an entire, entire work. It's called Footsteps and it's a piano with multimedia. And Jing also applied uh, electronic music uh, with the acoustic piano in the in the suite. So and and it's very uh, it's very interesting to work with uh, Jing and because um, her as as we already talked about her background has electronic and she has been uh, composing for um, for established time and uh, Joho is also amazing video artist. Um, her background as uh, like video arts architecture, and she also doing uh, like I believe that's called like AI machine learning, machine learning visuals, which we have that for the last movements Mars. Um, yeah, so that's how we and and I remembered around that time it's still pandemic. So we're we're meeting each other over Zoom. It's like Jones over in Singapore and I and Jin's in uh, California. So we we discussed and we talked and we we found the idea. And I also remember we talked about the surfaces. It's like Jin's thinking about what kind of surfaces for the title and also for music. So we we had those. Um, we had a like. The result for the pieces we have uh, snows, we have uh, asphalts, and we have like crossroads. Those all like related to the kind of the surfaces and the sound on the surface, which is very interesting. Uh, yeah. So just as uh, Ting said, uh, we were at the, at the very beginning. We didn't know what we could have gone to any direction. And I just had this thought because I was stuck in. We were all. And at the beginning of the pandemic, like people were really locked down and we were really stuck, you know, like how religiously everyone was really literally at, at home. Right. So um, so I was stuck. And then I thought like the pianist through the pianist hand, we can go to different travel. We can still travel. So that was the whole concept of this piece. So although we're in this tiny room, there's this piano's hand, piano, pianist hand. And through that, we're going to travel first, go to the snow and walk on the snow. So the pianist's hand gradually changes to a footstep on the snow. And then you go to the crossroad and go to a busy street, busy like city. Then you go to, uh, you go to a sand and go to the seashore. Then you go to asphalt and you are running all, like, all around. And at the end, when I, was, I wanted to go really big, like exaggerate, like you can go even further. And I ended with Mars. So it is, and then at the end, it has these like loud door bang sound. Hey, wake up. You're just at home. Like kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get out of your uh, daydream kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, we'll uh, play that right now. Thank you. 
Yeah, and we can, uh, do we have that posted anywhere as well if people want to go listen to that afterwards? Uh, good question. I believe we have snow on the, on the YouTube, and then we also have an excerpt of Crossroads, and we're looking for uh, releasing a recording around after summer this year. So we're expecting to have the videos and the sound ready by then, and we all, uh, we all we'll post that on Facebook and mm -hmm. instagram and also website so if if people are interested they can follow our web facebook so they will know like when we will release the music great so yeah we'll put that in the notes when we uh release this so we broadcast this on youtube so we'll put it down in the notes below cool oh, that sounds great great thank you for letting us hear that so you have a piece that uh, you're going to place as well ting that you composed which is called hypothesis 
So um, can you talk about the the two uh, movements that we're going to hear from that and just kind of how you came up with the conception of it? Yeah, sure. So the entire suite is, um, I like to, I like to present an kind of um, presence that like you are in that moment and, um, and each moment could be different. For example, the first movement purified is about uh, simplicity. And it's kind of minimalism and just have like, you have a few music materials that's like um, kind of a circulating. And then the second movement, Brave, it's for acoustic piano with few recordings. Uh, and it's kind of, and both pieces are in collaboration with Lorraine Weibel. In the first one, she created um, a scene that is like a, a landscape, like a beautiful landscape with water dropping and just continuing like water dropping in different shapes. And the second one, Braith, is her standing in a dark, kind of a dark place and with like bubbles around her. So it's kind of, um, it's like about darkness, loneliness, and that kind of feeling for in the Braith. Um, so that would be these two movements that I'd like to play today. Great. So then we'll listen to those right now.
All right, great. Thank you um, for letting us listen to those. And as well, I guess we can ask if those are also available. We will put those links in the description. I usually like to ask composers and performers things like this. Maybe what's the difference between composing for yourself and composing for another performer? Because I've, I've done some composition and I, I'm a percussionist, but I always find that composing for myself is so, <laughs> it's like I know my strengths and weaknesses and I know what I can get away with really easily. So I don't know if we could just talk about that and, and how do you approach it and like who are maybe your favorite instruments to perf- uh, compose for because it's more like what you play or I don't know, just all of those kind of ideas. Uh, maybe we could just talk about that. And Jean, maybe you can talk about that. Okay, so um, I do play the piano, but mostly uh, the pieces that I write, uh, I write for other pianists. And usually, I'll say 100% they're better than me. And otherwise, I won't ask them to play. And of course, um, a wonderful pianist like Ting, it was wonderful to have her. Uh, But I actually enjoy writing for piano because I have the piano right here and I can actually always test it out myself and I know what's possible and like so it's it's actually fun the 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 part that I don't like about piano is I can immediately just play the bang on like the 10 note chord or something big fat chord but then to tediously write it down it takes a lot of time it's it's not a single melody so that's a little bit it takes a lot of times um that's a little bit downside but I usually enjoy it and I really like um uh, for in Ting's case, I I really like, we did a lot of, I would ask her to record this much and record that much. So we did a lot of back and forth. And it was not just because of the sound, but it was because of her hand. I use, we, since we were using multimedia, I was using her hand position. So a lot of it was choreography. So can you put the angle there? And can you put the angle there? Can you put your hands there? And like, can you make your hand move like, even if it's the same sound, like more gracefully, like walking or this kind of dialogue. So what I really was looking for was somebody who's really receptive and really like understand the visual and choreography of hands. And Ting was definitely into that. And she was giving me, throwing me ideas also. And so that was, I was really lucky to work with Ting on that. That's great. I love the choreography of performance. And I think that's why I'm so glad we live in this time now where almost multimedia is everywhere. It's like, it's almost like you should have a video for every recording you do because it's so easy to do it. But now it's like, we're bringing back into the, like the theatricality of performing on a stage or something. Definitely, so yeah. That's very cool. Um, I look forward to seeing that multimedia thing. So then I, I guess Ting, the same question about that. Um, what is, what's kind of the difference you see in doing it for yourself or someone else? From my perspective, most of the time I play for other people's works. So, um, like for for example, I play Jean's work. I play like many other composers' commissions for your collaboration. Um, so for me, you are. Uh, um, so for me, it's so it feels like a adventure, or because it's new music. So every time, um, you ask a composer to like uh, let's say write a piece, um but you don't really know like exactly how would be the outcome and you're expecting to it. And then when you got the music and um, it's always, uh, it's always like, um, I mean, makes me very happy to see the, like um, 
like final result of the piece. And uh, every time um, I just like so surprised by like composers give, they are like um, creating like such beautiful pieces for like uh, uh, included in the piano repertoires. I'm very happy to like working with composers. And there are also, I also enjoy actually like workshopping with uh, composers. For example, I work with um, another composer, Brad Eastman, and his music also involves uh, Max NSP. I think um, you mentioned that. So it's a lot of like computer, I guess, like computer coding, that kind of stuff involved. So we workshopping to like realize uh, to find the uh, solutions to having it performed in a concert hall. And, um, so, and I also work with Jane for her piece to like to see how to realize it in a concert hall with the projector, with the with the like uh like piano uh the audio playback and piano performing like click track problem yes. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah so um I'm very lucky to work with those like amazing uh composers and um and also like uh, having those uh piano pieces like like new piano pieces like uh, um like commission for a project and. Yeah, I feel very uh, grateful for that. And in terms of as composer, um, maybe I might be, yeah, different for me is I feel I always write uh, for me. So I always write uh, piano pieces for myself. And um, I will welcome other people to play, but like as the very original ideas, I always think I write for myself. And I write for me to perform it. Um, and there's an occasion, for example, last year, uh, Yumi Kaur played one of my um, brief pieces, um, Angular. It's like two, three minutes piece. And um, I feel that's very interesting. I really like her performance. And it sounds um, very nice and sounds like... Um, it's like the beginning of like she received the piece and I asked her if she can play like super clear like crystal feeling and she really did that so well like um, much better than me so I really uh, yeah I really feel that's so so much fun to working with uh, performance when I write when I wrote a piece so I yeah I feel that's an um that's a great experience for me and it's also um very impressed for me to see um like see my piece realized by other people yeah i guess like for jane it's a long way like since since her young age she started to compose but for me it's just like i mean it's just like one or two years so yeah i'm still yeah and i'm feeling very lucky to have those like amazing people like performers and composers around me cool very nice yeah and i guess you feel like that's something you're going to continue to do maybe now that the unmi's played it and you're like oh wow that that was so much more maybe enlightening to see somebody else. Do you think that's something you're going to continue doing or was it just a one time like, oh, that was nice to do? <laughs> yeah, I would say it's continue. I definitely would like to have um, like performance play my pieces and hear different interpretations. It's so much um, inspiring for me. And it's even uh, like it will influence like my later writing for piano. It's just like every time when I... Probably my idea is I, I like to, to be the first people to play my piece. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's right. why I like every time when I have an idea for piano piece, I always think about like uh, when I play it, uh, like how 
would it be? So this is interesting, something I just thought of, because I've written percussion pieces for myself to play as well. Um, and what I think is interesting, and maybe this is the topic we can go on that I didn't write down before, but what is the difference in, in improvising and composing? Because I feel like I've written pieces where, you know, I wrote all the notes out, it was perfect, everything was written out, and then maybe I didn't get a time to practice it. So I was like, well, okay. Well, I knew what I wanted. I knew the effect I wanted. I knew the idea. Yeah, maybe I hit a, a wrong chord, but it was still in the key or something like that. And sometimes it's interesting because I know the intent of what I'm trying to do. So what is the difference? In, and if you both improvise, I just wondered, what's the difference in improvising and composing? And like, where do we... Where do you kind of sit in there? Because I know then you could just have it be very open and say, have be aleatoric and say, play this chord for five minutes, play this chord for five minutes. Okay, you're done. <laughs> um, I'm I myself is not an improviser, but I do uh, include. Sometimes I do make it improvisatory, like certain kind of text uh, in section, like limited improvisation, so controlled mm-hmm. improvisation, I would say, and um, and depending on the player, like. I guess somebody like you, Zachary, if I ever write for you, like it's great. They they can do way better than what I write. So I love writing for that. And um, again, I think that's when I became a little bit more confident about what I'm doing. Then I can re- release. I can relax more and give the freedom to the to the player. I think before I, I was more in control. I wanted to control more, but um, now I think. Most of the time, I do have some element, at least if everything's written out about the dynamics or something, I have more, I give more freedom to the performer. And it's also a matter of how good that person is. But also, if as far as I can communicate well with the, with the player, I think it works well in that case. And in this piece uh, that I worked with Ting, everything is like click track, everything is very controlled, but there was a sense that like, I would write things, but here, don't worry about the rhythm too much. Just pay attention to this kind of mood. So she was a little bit more relaxed, and she could get more music out of it. I don't think I answered the right question, but that comes into my mind when I think about improvisation. No, that's exactly what I thought, because it's like, it's more like, I even think about when I'm performing, you know, it's like, is it that I meticulously hit all these notes right, and everything was perfect with the click, or did I get the general mood of the piece? And I think it used to be when I first started in like high school, it was like, you got to hit all the notes. And now right. the further I get along, it's like, well, did the point come across? Because I've totally, and maybe that's also listening to like standard repertoire of anything. You can hear somebody who's perfectly proficient on a piece and then hear somebody that, you know, that they hit a long raw notes, but man, they're like, that was the best performance I've ever exactly. heard of a piece. Yeah. yeah. So that's and that's one of improvisation. It's like, well, then just make it not be wrong notes because then there's no wrong notes yeah, if it's improvised. Right. I don't know. So, what do you think about that, Ting? Do you have anything to say on that topic? Yeah, absolutely agree. Agree with Ting's uh, thoughts. And um, I remember like one of the pieces sent um, in Ting's uh, Five Moment Suites. Um, there are a few passages from that piece, and Jing just told me that play the notes around those notes. I don't know if I say that right. Yeah, it's just like uh, you can just play like fast notes 
so, but if you hit wrong notes, that's totally fine. You can just play around those notes written. Um, and then it sounds great. So it sounds um, like shimmering, which is exactly. Oh yeah, for the yeah sense. for yeah for the beach uh, and the it was um, evoking the sand sound. So it was high notes, and it really didn't matter which p- pitch she plays, especially in the very high pitch. It was more for the effect. Yeah, that's a great experience. And I also played some um, graphic scores, and those are. Kind of, um, there are like composers' uh, efforts, like they creating the graphics, but the rest are a kind of performance creation part too. Like they, it's kind of improvisational. So, um, so it's like you kind of have to you you have to like create your own like playing, and everyone play one graphic score would be different. So that's also kind of my my improvisation experience and also sometimes like when I start improvisation I'm curious how uh how Zach think of like um starting your improvisation piece usually I would just think about anything like for example I I think about a sound or maybe I think about a pattern of sound and then I start improvisation and I just goes with what I think in that moment very nice yeah that's it's just interesting to, and then I guess you guys are both in California. So when you're talking about graphic scores, I always think of uh, Mark Applebaum, the metaphysics yeah. of notation. Have you seen that one? Which it's almost it's like art yeah. <laughs> rather than a score. It's beautiful, but yeah. that's what I think too. I, and I think it's great too. Graphic scores are, I think that's how I got into it in classical music, you know, not jazz, but it's like play oh, this wow. piece and it's like a bunch of lines and you're like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> I think usually the last couple of questions are what's next. So what are any active projects? And I think we alluded to some and said some, but we can really reiterate that. Um, so what active projects do you have now? And what are some that are planned for the future that you know? So uh, I will be playing this coming Sunday. So probably it will miss this podcast. And after okay. this one, <laughs> yeah, I'll be, um, I'll be going to Florida for um, the Contemporary Music Arts Project. And yeah, I'll be meeting like you, Miko, and also you, Zach, and uh, with other uh, great musicians there. And uh, we'll have what, uh, that will be a presentation for New Arts Collaboration there. And I also perform in a concert for a few uh, pieces by living composers. And I, I believe those composers will also be there. And yeah, I'm super excited. And another concert coming up is March 30th in Sacramento. And that's a, um, that's a concert with classical music and also new music. So there will be one uh, commission f- uh, in, the, in the Music at Noon concert in Sacramento um, by composer Daniel DeTocni. It's called Ritual and a Vocation at a Stone Garden. And also I myself will have a, a piece um, from a sweet screen where I'll be uh, playing, premiering in that concert too. And also some of the NAC pieces, including Jean's piece, I programmed the last movement marks in that concert too. Yeah. And in the in the and after these few events, I expecting to like recording and releasing the NAC works uh, from uh, 2021. And then I would 
keep working on the arts collaboration and I will envision the, the other concert to be happening sometime next year. And then it's um, it will be a lot of work, like coordination and finding the right artists. Yeah. Okay, and awesome. So, and Jean, what are you? Uh, what's your plans coming up, and what collaborations and projects are you working on? So I have a uh, Kayagum concert in Korea in April. So Kayagum is a Korean zither instrument, and I happen to write a lot for Kayagum. So I have a Kayagum player who happened to like play a lot of my pieces on that whole recital so I'm looking forward to that and and then after that I'm currently writing I should be writing uh, three pieces it's it's a cello and piano piece and I have to write an orchestra piece also and I also have a piece for dance and uh, dance and a couple of chamber ensemble so I'm excited about that that is about um, animal farm which which is a book I love which is very relevant now, especially. And so I'm excited about that project. Cool. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to that. And, uh, you know, we can post links to that whenever that comes out um, on the Contemporary Art Music website. So I think that's uh, all we have for today. So thank you both for coming on. I really appreciate your time and talking to you both. And uh, Tang, I'll be seeing you, yeah, at the festival. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward.